This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey kids, do you like professional wrestling? We like professional wrestling too. This is Shake Them Ropes. Chris Novembrino along with Jeff Hawkins. No video this week. Look, Chris had his best wine mom outfit on. The robe is on in the middle of the afternoon. I no, am we, dressed we just like cut a, to the chase. My 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 equipment just simply is it just not doesn't like it's me. not handling the zoom arrow well <laughs> it's at all. Not, like, it's, no, it like, like let's let's just like cut to the chase. My, my, <laughs> and it's a two thousand dollar computer. Yeah, I can run logic on it, but for whatever reason, God help me, I can't run a fucking video chat on it. So I blame the Chinese. Uh <laughs> I'm dressed like a hobo anyway, so nobody wants to see that either. Uh, hi, uh, Chris, you had a music gig last night, so you did not have an opportunity to watch the Friday night wrestling, but, uh, have you ever, ever used the term quadrennial in a sentence? No, cause I'm like trying to think about like what quadrennial is. is exactly. that like, you know, it's like four times a year, right? Uh, <laughs> or is that every four years? I think it's four weeks. <laughs> No, no, no. Any or any five old. weeks or whatever. Uh, anyways, here's actually no. You're right. It's five. It's four years. I think. Um, Ronda Rousey <laughs> in her promo in one of two just listless, emotionless, could not be made to care promos, which I think she was trying to come off as tough, but it just came off as bored. Said that Charlotte Flair had not been pinned in half a quadrennial. <laughs> Nobody has ever used that term in their lives in a wrestling promo. I mean, let alone like that as an increment of time. I, I literally can't think of anything that's been measured in. I, I Again, I'm not entirely 100 on what half a quadrennial is. So like, yeah, geez. I, I laughed because number one, you <laughs> Ronda Rousey is your baby face, allegedly. And and it just combines things that, that it, 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 to me, it defines a lack of connection with actual human speech that sometimes the higher ups in WWE have along with just, you know what, let's turn off all unlikability or ability to connect with an actual human being for our audience by making them use words that no one ever uses in common parlance in any way. You know, nothing is actually better at estranging somebody from a character or an audience. And like, if they have like unconventional measures of time, right? Like, yeah. Like, like uh, I will see you in when the fortnight. rock falls off of the roof in a fortnight. <laughs> yeah you know that that really it's like everybody's turned into a james mason character or something you're just like i listen and i i, I rarely tweet at people that i know in the company but that one i went i just put quadrennial question mark <laughs> there was no no real response to that but i'm just i just i'm like really she has such an uphill climb and this is what we're doing to her. Okay, great. Yes, but but that was a uh, that was your uh, thesaurus word of the month or word of the day on somebody's calendar yesterday was a uh, quadrennial, Chris. 
I, I'm just like I'm still baffled at the idea of half a quadrennial. We didn't even give a full quadrennial to it. No, you know, you know what? I, I'm almost thinking that they originally were gonna do like biannual or something like yes. that, but then they were like, "Well, is biannual twice a year or is that every two years?" <laughs> uh, and they're like, "No one knows what that means." Quadrennial, on the other hand, there will be no ambiguity if we say half a quadrennial. How about Charlotte hasn't been beaten years, and I'm going to be the one to do it? <sighs> Pop, mad pops from everybody. I, I mean, uh, you are sort <laughs> of getting to the real core of this. In coming up with a bizarre word for time, you absolutely pull all of the sting out of the That's idea of I'm going to pin this person who has not been pinned in a very long time because our measure of time is, you know, what what. An iceberg breaks away from the other iceberg, like like weird, unconventional times that like we don't have a frame of reference for. If drawings are being used for measures of time, the last time the buffalo came down from the mountain and the full moon was <laughs> just like okay. Yeah, no, I. I, I it's just. It pulls the entire sting out of this. What would have been far better for Ronda to have done is come out and talk about all the different title changes or all the different people who have been pinned in the time since Charlotte Flair has last been pinned. Yes. Um, like, actually give a sense of time and scale. So, like, yes, we're dunking on the word, but, like, now to kind of move to the more serious writing problem here is that, like, half a quadrennial does not give a sense of enormity or even a meaningful sense of scale. Um, you get preoccupied on the silly word, but more importantly, there's no sense of context. Like, okay, two years feels like a long time, but like, how long is that? Like, what does that what does that mean, implications wise? Yeah, I, I just cannot believe that actually made TV. But we have news to get into. We will talk a little bit more about SmackDown a little later. I have one note for our Lazy River, but. Uh, I might actually move it up to the news because it is sort of newsworthy at the same time, but uh, it's mostly talent comings, goings, re-signings, not re-signings this week. AJ Styles re-upping with the company three years seems to be in upwards of three million a year. Interesting choice, but uh, that guy is dependable for the company. Um, Make your money. I know. I know. Look, I'd love to see him in an AEW. I would. I'd love to see him go back to New Japan. I would, but he has made a home here. He is he he, he he's exciting in his matches, and um, and he had a childhood dream of working for WWE. Yes, so it's yeah. not it's not like that. You know, it's not like this guy's like selling out his own ideology. Or no, he's like not. That. No, he's yeah. not. And and really, you're never selling out your ideology because the point is to make money in this carny business. Uh, not being resigned, Cesaro. His uh, his contract has expired. He is free without any kind of waiting period to appear in any other company immediately. They could not come to terms with a with a deal. That one kind of shocks me a little bit, Chris. Yeah, I mean, Cesaro's a guy that they liked as that like steady mid card hand guy. Um, Cesaro is also a guy. Um, a former WWE alum who um, wrestling fans, you know, the online types uh, w- have wanted to see get better utilized for years. So, like, really keeping Cesaro off of the market was really kind of like probably the biggest benefit for WWE. Uh, it was gear- sport. It was sport for them. That's what ticked me off. It was like, you know, he goes and does the Stone Cold. He does the uh, Broken Skull Sessions. 
And he's the guy talking about the brass ring and being frustrated with not being able to get the brass ring. And for years, people in this company were talking like John Cena loves the guy because because he was his workout partner. And, and of course, Cesaro is hella strong, as the kids might say. Uh, kids 20 years ago uh, might say, you know, but I mean, he was power lifter type type of thing. And then, you know, last year for Mania, if you remember, do you remember what his angle was for, for Mania last year? Wasn't it? I'm going to swing Seth Rollins like 10,000 times. Um, that, that was part of it. But but the but the story was that he had never had a single match win at WrestleMania after years in the company. <laughs> so, I mean, while, while we say, oh, the company appreciate him as at mid-card time at the same time, did they? Right. I mean, okay. he was, he, he, no, I, I, I agree. I, I don't know that they, they, when I say appreciated him as the mid card type, I'm more saying they had written him and revised this guy down to be nothing more than a mid carder. When this is a guy who in the middle of the last decade was only a notch or two less popular than Daniel Bryan. But like, and, and, and he was having, he was getting over with being given far less to work with in yes. the ring. And they, uh, even, they even met, they even used the Daniel Bryan friendship as part of it. And I, I assume if he wants to go to AEW that, uh, or if Tony wants him in AEW, let's put it this way, he can have him and he could use him for this Brian Danielson angle or whatever, if he wanted to. I just, I, I don't know. I, I It's one of those weird things where it's like, there is a lot of really great talent on the market right now and there's nowhere for them to go. And it's very, very weird for me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and everyone, you know, they can't all go to AEW, right? Like everyone just can't go to AEW. There's not going to be spots for these guys to be best utilized. Um, Like really the market is crying out for a third company here to better utilize some of these people, but <laughs> Control your narrative for us. No, please. Yeah, uh, no, control your narrative. I mean, that, that's control your narrative. There's the market. That's the market. There's the market. But, you know, we say that AEW can't sign everybody. And yet, here we go, kids. Shane Strickland, all elite. Chris, I, I, will, I will read a bunch of these and we can talk about them either one by one or en masse if you'd like. Jeff Hardy confirming he is AEW bound. Brian Cage's option was picked up meaning he will be there for another two years. Buddy, the former Buddy Murphy, now Buddy Matthews, appearing and debuting on uh, on Dynamite this week, and Nick Wayne at Defy. I believe I brought this up last week. I might not have, but Nick Wayne, 17-year-old wrestling prodigy out of Defy in the Pacific Northwest, offered an AEW contract at that show, uh, I believe last week. It might have been last weekend or two weekends ago. Um so for, for a group that uh, got a little thrifty, possibly with Cody Rhodes, we are signing more and more talent as the weeks go on, Chris. Well, I think that going back to Cody Rhodes now begs the question, was money really the issue? Exactly. And I'm thinking that as well. Uh, out of all these, the most shocking to me, Brian Cage having his option picked back up. That dude hasn't been on TV in like eight months, I don't think. And, and that uh, dude's really been sort of... Uh, there are other people in the company who can do all the things that cage can do. Um, and cage sort of is what he is at this point. I think, uh, when I was watching him in Lucha underground, the potential for this guy to maybe kind of like become something 
better and kind of put, string it all together maybe you know like figure out how to like make the power and the high moves into a coherent match or whatever there was hope for that but cage is just spots you know okay like, you're, you're you're in the same position i am then because i am i am a guy i watch brian cage i respect his the work he's put into his physique and stuff like that but to me there's two disconnects he does his power the problem with his power is he doesn't understand physics a lot of times so he'll want to do things like i i use for me for me the the barometer was always the bola match first round where he was in there with Aerostar and he wanted Aerostar to do all these flips and, and things like that going into holding him into suplexes and he just wasn't able to hold it on because of the momentum and his strength wasn't as powerful as he thought it was but at the same time he also doesn't work like a power guy for me enough he works like he works like a big guy who can who can do yeah who, he's he's in can, between two worlds yes, right like yeah. the power the power moves um because the guy doesn't like working slow, the power moves never really get to astonish and awe-inspire. And, like, I mean, the selling is, is an important part of that, too. And a lot of times in cage matches, selling's uh, at a premium, let's say. Um, and then the other part of it's the high-flying stuff. And the problem with that is, okay, you're working with these smaller guys. Really, what's supposed to make these smaller guys stand out and feel remarkable is that they can do this high-flying stuff. Um, if you're doing it, too, you're sort of, like, leaving the smaller guy not a lot of places to go to get themselves over. And so then they're, then they're being required to make even more breathifying leaps and that sort of thing. And Cage, to your point, wants to then transition that into power spots. Essentially, I mean, part of it, you know, his nickname's Mr. Get Your Shit In, but like like when you like look at the cage match format, so much of it is focused on making him look good. Even when he is taking the move, he has to take the move in a way that makes him look good. <laughs> Who tries to get their stuff in more? Brian Cage or Aubrey Edwards? <laughs> she may come up in our dynamite discussion. <laughs> Yeah, no, I Aubrey Edwards. I, I like when everyone touted her as like the archetype of like <laughs> what the good referee is supposed to be. And I'm like, okay, I like Aubrey. Uh, but Aubrey likes Aubrey even more. Aubrey likes Aubrey even more. Yeah, I'm uh th this week was a bit of a turnoff for me, but uh we'll get into that. Uh Jeff Hardy, I look Jeff Hardy means a lot to tag team wrestling and the history of, of wrestling in this wrestling business. Don't get me wrong. If he is on a big money deal to come in, that's burning money to me that you could use elsewhere. You want to bring him in for a one month super fight with FTR or this is like how I think the Hardy Lucha brothers generally, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, the Hardys, I like them. I, I can't stress this enough. Matt and Jeff, I, I think like th there's something really great about those two guys but at this point in terms of like in the ring the matt and jeff wrestling match is not a very good wrestling match i don't anymore. want to see them week to week i i just no. don't i want to see uh i want to see a special program where you're brought in you cut a few promos maybe you give them an enhancement match here and there and and then that's it but week to week Look, how interesting has either Matt Hardy or Jeff Hardy been on television? Well, they'll be used properly now. Well, maybe. Yeah, no, like, I'll, <laughs> I'll, grant, I'll grant this. I, I at least have some intrigue in seeing what Jeff's got left in the tank in a company like AEW where he's going to be given a little bit more leeway to have longer and better matches. Um, 
the guy was killing himself in some of these WWE. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think he is totally washed or whatever. But at the same time, like, what is not in the discussion for even a split second? It's like, I don't know, maybe make Jeff a title holder. Like, no, like, like Jeff, <laughs> no, no, like, not not even for a second. I, I, I don't. I would if he'd had a match against like Adam Page or like MJF if MJF's champion or something like that. It should be like a one week match sort of thing. Like like Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy's fine. Um, Jeff and Matt are better as a combined force. I don't need either of them week to week. Shane Strickland is a fun one to think about. Um, I I think between the indie stuff, between the WWE stuff slash NXT stuff, the Lucha Underground stuff. I really like his in-ring work. Don't get me wrong. I I'm I want to see if he can break out with his mouth. I really do because that's the thing that's keeping him for me from getting to that next level. And and th- this is an old fogey Hawkins type of thing, but you make money with your mouth. And I think it's never been more true than watching AEW and watching who's getting over and who isn't. Um, I'm interested to see where Swerve ends up within this hierarchy once he comes in yeah no i i'm with you though too uh if swerve doesn't figure out the mouth part of the game i i nice talent but will kind of be stuck in the middle of the pack here because he's not he's not huge he doesn't visually stand out in in a way that's super striking so it's it's got to be around the words it's got to be around the mouth i mean he's a guy where where you say we're bringing him in he goes oh he'll have great matches there and i'm just like okay so (laughs) and and that that offends a lot of younger wrestling people but but at the same time once they ask why i say that i go well here's my point um you know you can you can be competent and cut great promos and you'll be far more over than a guy who can put on great four and a half four and a quarter star matches week to week um i don't who has gotten over on based on great matches alone in this company so far chris it's been three um, years. Has anyone gotten? No, I, I, I'll say Sheeta because Sheeta basically. Okay. Yeah, Sheeta, yeah, Sheeta would be the one. Um, because she's really not doing anything with promos, yeah. and yeah. she's had a lot of really dope matches. And I'm like definitely a Hikaru Sheeta fan now. Maybe uh, DMD with the unsanctioned match. Maybe. Yeah, um, but 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 Baker's been doing promos and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like so, I mean, they're not always they're not always amazing, but like like. There, there's a, there's character work that's getting her over. Um, and, yeah, and and speaking of 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 guys who can put on great matches but may not be able to talk, we have Buddy Matthews. I love me some Buddy Matthews. Oh my goodness, dude. he was he was doing yeoman's work on two hundred five live with Mustafa Ali when nobody cared. He was doing yeoman's work on two hundred five live, and he was such was a Cedric great cruiserweight Alexander. champion. Yes, he was. And now he's in with the with dark, spooky time story time with Alistair Black and now Penta. Okay, let's see where it goes. I, I'm, I'm hoping I don't get a vignette of like Buddy Matthews being turned into some dark spiritual corporeal being in a pentagon <laughs> with candles next didn't week at the house of black that in wwe like didn't yes. black yeah black turned him like I, I think the thing that i find most baffling here is like we're getting these wwe guys and they're like oh we're gonna finally use them the right way and then they put them <laughs> back in like basically an equivalent of their angle 
Yeah, they put back in the equivalent of sports entertainment. It, it, it's like, what? There is, oh. There's like nothing more sports entertainment than this. Uh, the, the, Penta and save the House this, of Black. Save, save Penta and the House of Black stuff for, for, for the Lazy River because yeah. I, I got some talking to do on it. Yeah. But yes, but but it, it's wonderful to watch people try and make sense of these things in their brain that it's better because it's on a different show. And you're just like, no, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Stop it. <laughs> oh my goodness and nick wayne i have hopes for um uh you know i because buddy look i've been part of the wrestling observer quote-unquote family for a number of years so buddy wayne his father who trained brian alvarez uh now you, you've heard stories about him growing up and watching his shows i mean you watch some of that gcw work i think there was a ain't the match to watch to to seek out is uh, him versus jack cartwheel who's another guy on the come, who's going to be freaking phenomenal. I think if he can put it all together, but Nick Wayne has, has, I mean, signing him at 17 and you put him on dark for a number of weeks and you just build him up, build him up, build them up. There's potential there, man. And I'm, I'm kind of excited for him. I mean, who among us at 17 one will be handed a contract for your dream job. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped about that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, look, I could, I couldn't be happier for the guy. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's everyone's dream to be, and he's worked really hard to get it. Yes, yeah. he's you know entrenched in the community and stuff. Yes, he's a generational talent or whatever. But like, yeah, I, I mean, who who wouldn't like to uh, actually get the brass ring at seventeen instead of waiting until your mid forties and never getting it? Business abounds around the main WrestleMania had a two for one ticket sale, and it appears that I think they're going to make it for both nights. I think they're going to sell out both places or both nights. Uh, looks like night one will be headlined by Ronda Rousey and Charlotte, who <laughs> might get pinned for the first time at half a quadrennial. <laughs> and then night two will be headlined by the unification bout, perhaps. Of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, Chris. Uh, I just can't wait for Michael Cole's call at the end of night one when when he says, and Ronda Rousey has done it for the first time in half a quadrennial. Uh, history has been made here at WrestleMania tonight, and the fireworks are going off, and the crowd is chanting, Quadrennial, Quadrennial. Dancing on a table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes, Drake Maverick back to WWE as a creative um, in the creative team and producer. Ace Steel, late of WWE. Chicago guy to AEW as a producer and Lance Storm to Impact Wrestling as a producer. Anything stand up there for you, Chris? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I don't think so. I, okay. I don't know. I don't have. I think, I think Lance Storm and Impact is perfect. I, I do. Yeah. I, okay. Lance, Lance and I just I never watch Impact. So I mean, theoretically. I guess like impact could sneakily become a good show at some point. It's not like beyond the realm. It's improving, Chris. I've been watching it the past few weeks. And with the former uh, Tom, I forget his, I forget his WWE name, Uh, but you know, I'm talking about Uh, the, the, the guy, the play-by-play guy, Tom Phillips. Oh, Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips is doing the play-by-play. Oh, wow. That's an improvement. And it's improved greatly. The wrestlers there 
are game. They have a sneaky good women's division there. And I think Lance Storm, look, Lance Storm in WWE doesn't get to work to his strengths that he does in Impact, in my opinion, because his strengths to me were always in training and being a teacher and and just the, the little fundamental things, which I, I think while while the while the guys at WWE would, would be grateful for that, I think the brass wouldn't. And I think working with Scott Demore and others back there at Impact, it will be good. Drake Maverick, I just I'm I'm a little heartbroken for the guy because he just keeps going back to a place that just has told him they don't want him time after time after time. But what are you going to do at this point? Become an accountant? I, I mean, yeah, if they I mean, you a job. It, that's that's the hard part. Now, I, and I, I do to your point. I feel for these guys because you have to know, like, it's a bit of a swallow your pride thing. You don't really want to go back. I, I mean, you can't imagine that Drake Maverick has loved his time at WWE. I'm sure he loves the money. I mean, he's getting paid well, but you know, the company doesn't care about him. They they never saw him. Um, at the level that so many of us saw him at, um, and it, 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 the, the worst part was the, the re-signing the, when he lost this contract, he did the promos and basically got himself a job again. Um, only for that to be kind of like, he a, comes back. Yeah. He kills it in the gimmick that they give him, which is that dopey whistling gimmick with him and, uh, and, uh, Oh, and, a hairy guy, hair shirt. Uh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had his name and you said hair shirt. I can't think of anything else now. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Nikki, Nikki's husband, um, who was in, ah, never mind. Anyways. But I mean, he turns that chicken crap into chicken salad and, and nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's just, Oh, you're doing, you're a fine, doing a fine job here. Okay. That now we're going to cut you again. I just, it, it's just one of those dumb things. Uh, and to end the news segment, I think we found out our Austin level talent for WrestleMania, Chris. Logan Paul is gonna <laughs> looking to do a match. Uh, he's not even the, the good Paul brother necessarily, but yes, Logan Paul and the Miz, I believe, will be taking on Mysterio Family Theater at WrestleMania. Uh, can't wait. Can't, can't, I mean, you know. Can't can't wait. It, it, yeah, it's it's hard not to love everything that the Miz does. Uh, always always doing really interesting things. Uh, clearly not phoning it in here the last few years. <laughs> well, no, the funny thing was the build for all this. They were they were dropping hints that it might be Cody Rhodes as his partner, and I think uh, look, I enjoy the working part of this business. But everybody's shouting out their friends at this point, just screwing with y'all until it happens. So, but yes, another, there will be at least two celebrity matches on this WrestleMania, Chris, because we're going to talk about another one that you may not be aware of necessarily coming up. And who knows if Bad Bunny is going to come in for a payday for Mania as well. So we'll see. But uh, yes, looks like we'll, we'll be having one of the celebrity matches will involve Logan Paul and the Miz against the Mysterios. And the other one we will talk about on the Lazy River. Um, yeah, no, it, it sounds like it sounds like there's a lot of things cooking in this news section here this week, Hawkins, and a lot of things cooking for WrestleMania. But you know what you could be cooking? Uh, what? Hello Fresh. Yeah, you could be cooking Hello Fresh. The food, the food company. They make the food. You you get it. Hello Fresh is great. Now, this week we are sponsored by 
HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Um, so when you sign up for HelloFresh, you are going to get a big box. Um, I, the box is really cool. Uh, the box is actually like temperature lined and everything. And inside of it, there will be kits for several different recipes. Um, the ones that Hawkins and I got, we got the uh, burgers recipe, the white cheddar wonder burgers recipe. We got, uh, the, we got the mozzarella and herb chicken recipe. And then the, uh, sweet summer sausage marinara yes. thing. Um, yeah. and, and you. You get a you get like a big assemblage of all your non-perishable vegetables, by which I mean like not like peppers necessarily, but like carrots, um, zucchinis, potatoes. Um, they have these really cool onions that are like I, I, this is going to sound very idiosyncratic, but like they're just the right size. Um, and what do I mean by that? I mean like sometimes you go to the store and you buy like an onion, and the onion is like huge. It's like the size of my cat's head. Um, the, the one with the huge head, Chesterfield, he's got like an onion head. Um, and like, it's, it's too big. Uh, the, the rings are, the rings don't ring right. And I, I like rings Hawkins. I don't, I have no usage for this side choppy crap with onions. I want my, I want rings <laughs> on my burgers. Um, the hello fresh onions. These were like the right circumference. They were sphere like onions. These were not oblonged. They were not, uh, overly in any way, shape or form. These were like the right sized onions. You get the recipes in there. Um, so you're saving time. You don't have to go to the grocery store, um, nearly as much. I mean, you might want to grab something to punch up a recipe or whatever, if you want peppers or something like that, but you're already going to have a tremendous amount of like what we had zucchini, spices. carrots. Yeah. And, and, and the spice, man, I love the, the Tuscan herb spice was really mm -hmm. good. That, yeah. That, that was really good. Um, and then like, you know, I made, I made the recipes, um, and I had leftover ingredients. So I ended up taking all my leftover carrots and uh potatoes and i ended up making a really dope pot roast this week um so like no it, I mean, it was awesome you, you 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 just you end up having all this stuff to play around with if you're someone like me who really enjoys cooking and finds it relaxing like you know guitar i take seriously and i'm like, like practicing and stuff cooking i'm never going to be great at it but i just like doing it um and, and if it's something you like to do while you're watching a movie watching tv uh, or you want to just save on some trips to the grocery store because HelloFresh really does i mean i think i went i went and i bought milk over the last week here, Hawkins, uh, like I, I needed coffee or milk for my coffee. And if I had stocked up on my lactose free milk, I could have just been like completely hoarded up here for like two weeks. Thanks to HelloFresh and like a few basic uh, things. I, that's great. It's nice to not have to go to the grocery store if you don't want to go to the grocery store. If you like going, uh, it's fun. But when you don't really want to do that right now, it's sure nice to be able to open up your fridge and see that you got food to make. Um, so. If you guys want to try out HelloFresh, and you should, go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW16 and use the code VOW16. Hawkins says it VOW. It's not VOW. It's <laughs> VOW. They're spelled the same way, but it's 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 not VOW16. It's it's VOW16. Um, but type it in as VOW. Um, so maybe maybe it is VOW. VOW16. Uh, up to 16 free meals, and you'll get three free gifts. Um, so again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW16, VOW16, as Hawkins likes to say, you'll get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Um, make sure to check out HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Thank you, Chris. 
and now I want nothing more than a zombie meal kit called Hello Flesh. <laughs> Look, when you when you had to be hoarded up for the for the zombie apocalypse, you can be Hello really flesh. glad for at least those first couple of weeks that you got something in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> brains brains again oh no <laughs> yeah so now we thank them for our sponsorship and we open up the lazy river of wrestling criticism as usual when there is a special event we will stay on the beach for a little bit and give our ice cold takes of this year's elimination chamber and chris here is my ice cold take <clears throat> that the bait and switches that this company is doing to both talent and people who want to watch this show live, they don't care. They got your money because let me tell you something, Chris, number one, Bobby Lashley, not in the match. Most people knew he wasn't going to be in the match because he was injured in the last match with Brock Lesnar. So they take him out and they just decide not to put a six person in there to do it. They flew the Viking Raiders and the Usos out there to write them off of the show for time constraints before the show started. And, and the thing that went unnoticed by a lot of our wrestling intelligentsia during the past few weeks or the past week since Elimination Chamber, Chris, do you remember, do you remember that they took a guy from the tryouts from the first crown jewel and they decide to turn him into a WWE superstar to help cultivate the local audience. Well, Chris Mansour was nowhere to be found on this entire card. <laughs> I it's amazing. Like it's amazing how bad at certain fundamentals this company is. Like you want to be like world wrestling entertainment, and the uh, the attempts at building world stars by this company over the last few years have been laughable. It's Jinder Mahal and Mansoor. Um, Jinder Mahal, not a World League talent. Mansoor actually punch, uh, punches above him, his weight. Did you at the first time call him Ginger Mahal? Because now now along with Hello Flesh, I went like a redheaded Ginger Mahal. <laughs> I, I might have called him Ginger. I, 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 that, that, it's a that, team with Sheamus. It's Ginger Mahal <laughs> It's Ginger Mahal. Yeah, no, Ginger's Mahal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, like, <laughs> And, and you and you dye you die Jinder Mahal's hair red so that like you like him and Seamus look as as close as possible. Yes, of course, of course you do. Please continue. Yeah, point. no, no, I, I I have booking ideas. Um, one or two good ones every week. Uh, no, Mansoor on the other hand though is, I mean, frankly, not a bad promo. Um, we there was that one week several years ago, and he was still, I mean, still putting it together at this point. But I remember we watched him work heel, and we worked watched him work babyface in the, in same, the same week. week. Yeah, yeah, and, and he did it, and he did a very good job in both iterations. Um, like the guy clearly gets wrestling on some level, and for WWE, who I mean, like this is the thing I think sort of like offends me on some level about this. It's just like, okay, you're going to do the blood money show. You're going to be in bed with the government of Saudi Arabia. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing slab packs from Arena Club com the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each 
one. Now, when I buy slap packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast network if i could have a moment of your time i'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors eufy video lock eufy video lock is a smart lock a 2k camera and a doorbell all three in one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2k clear sight see who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. 
you have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Make a Saudi Arabian star then, you idiots. Exactly. But he's not tall. He doesn't fit our view of a star. So we can't make him a star. Then, think, not... then, then think about someone else before you cast Monsoor. Then. He's, he's you not chose this guy. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, it's just unreal. Uh, the matches itself, they were fine. They were nothing to write home about, but nothing worth going out of your way to watch. And everybody knows the results pretty much already. So, uh, that's it for me on Elimination Chamber, unless you have anything else, Chris. No, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Um, I don't watch these shows. Uh, I, I, they are really designed as revenue streams for the WWE um, to get like a nostalgia pop out, out of that uh, Saudi Arabian audience. Um, the wrestling in most cases tends to be... N- there have been a couple of shows where they've actually had like halfway decent wrestling shows or whatever in there, but like... It's not, it's not an interesting in canon and right. like, yeah, I, I just, those shows don't do anything for me. So I, I, I want to then go to something I am excited to talk about, Chris, and I will start the lazy river this week because I am ready. I am ready to hype and fangirl and do all these other things. I adored the MJF promo from dynamite so much, Chris, Chris, it was the villain origin promo that I have been dying to have on any kind of television at any kind. The Joker, the Batman is responsible for the transformation of the Joker in comic book canon. And CM Punk is responsible for the transformation of MJF professional wrestler. I loved this. I love that he didn't sell this out at the end. I liked this beat. I liked it sounding like an actual person as opposed to a cartoon character telling me his story. Every, every beat about this hit correctly, including the point where CM Punk, as a character, bought into it and, oh, did I do that to you? And MJF just walks off because it's going to make, it's going to sucker the hero in and the villain's going to win and I'm going to love every second of it, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I mean... I have been on the record of MJF has been talking me out of the building in recent weeks. Um, he talked me back in this week. Uh, like, and you know, with MJF too, it's like the, uh, the work isn't necessarily there for me either. So it's, he's really a mic dependent guy. Um, this was fantastic. Oh, yes. Um, like, like goosebumps level. Fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I, I had always believed that MJF 
had this in him. And then, frankly, the interactions with Chris Jericho made me start to have real doubts that MJF was was actually capable of delivering this amount of narrative as a heel because uh, it seemed like his sensibilities were much more Jericho-like, that he liked doing the singing and he liked doing the dancing and the festival of friendship sort of stuff. Um, this this was really, really good. All the different beats, each pivot, um, it was it was well boarded out. MJF didn't rush. Um, you can tell that... Yes, it's obviously a construct, but there's a lot of truth in it. And so he was yes. able to speak from the core of his conviction about when, he, when he's saying, I sat there and I did promos in the mirror over and over and over again. Don't lie to yourselves, people. How many of you have cut promos in the mirror? You, you all watch wrestling every week. I know you've cut a promo about someone or something or some moment in your life at some point. Like, like that resonated as like a real thing. Um, I, I mean... I even thought the the part where they they all throw the quarters at him, call him Jubal, like he registered that, like the it, his the single tear coming down his face yeah. from the righteous anger. The righteous anger is what gets me because yeah. every like there. Here's the thing about writing good villains, to me at least from from a from a screenwriting perspective, is that they never think they're the bad guys. They always think they're the good guys in some way, or at least that their bad actions are justified in some ways. So I, 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 I adored that little touch of emotion there. I, I did too. I, I mean, and then when Punk came out and said, is this real or is it true? Is it true? I actually thought that that particular phrase was, was perfect because that is it true thing. Now MJF is, as you've already gotten into, MJF has planted the seed of doubt into Punk's mind. And Punk is going to have a moment in this match. Yes. Where he starts thinking maybe he is the bad guy. Yes. And it's yeah, like, going to cost him the match and it's yeah. going to be fantastic. Yeah, no, no. Or, or perhaps we're getting like a little red herring here, but there's still going to definitely be a beat in the match where it will either cost him the match or almost cost him the match. Or he's going to realize this was all yeah. sucker me in. That's what, no, he, but there's going to be this great climax yes, yes. in the match where either, yes, Punk, Punk is going to get played by this or Punk is going to realize um, that MJF was playing him on this and then Punk's going to absolutely murder the kid and it's going to be a hoot. Um, like I, either way, they've now set this up to where this dog collar match. Um, I wasn't particularly interested in the stipulation. I'm fascinated with it now. I, I can't wait to see how mm -hmm. this match goes. I've been watching dog collar matches. I'm going to do something for Fightful Overbooked this week on the history of the dog collar match. Uh, it's it's going to be so fantastic. It really is. I mean, the ones to watch are Piper and Valentine, of course. Uh, the Pitbulls versus uh Stevie Richards and Raven from. Gangsta's Paradise 1995. I think it's also ECW TV number 128. Uh, Brody and Cody, of course, are good. And also Raven and uh, Raven and Punk from Ring of Honor as well. Those are the ones that if, if you feel like seeking them out and doing extra homework this week, uh, that'd be the one to do. Um, Chris, I, uh, I'm feeling a little ranty. Do you mind if I go into a couple more things from AEW Dynamite? Go for it. As good as the MJF promo was, the Chris Jericho part of the promo uh, versus Eddie Kingston. My kingdom for some quality control in this organization to keep out phrases like when I saw you, I knew you'd be an over baby face or something like that. Just say the fans would love you. Let's strike out 
the backstage talking and the backstage politics like Kingston coming back and going, I don't kiss up to the, to the promoter. Like you do. I am so done with office politics and professional wrestling. I don't want that anymore. I don't want breaking the fourth wall anymore. I want these to be two guys who are getting paid to fight. And yes, you can have a non-player character as, as management and things like that, but don't talk about how you didn't get the corner office when you really deserved it, or you're not made executive vice president because me, 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 me. I'm sick of it. I want to see two guys who want to kick each other's ass. That's all I want to see in professional wrestling. I don't want to see anything else ever. You know, look, the, the name drop of Levesque was a little much for me as well. I know they were in Connecticut and, some people like that. I uh, kind of went eh, like that a bit. I, can well, I, I that mean, one. I think the go over to Stanford stuff, like, I mean, I, I, I guess I just don't see. I, I feel like the only person that those type of lines are doing anything for are the wrestlers themselves. Like they're yeah. blowing off some steam in their lives. But uh, like The people who live this business, like on the on the on the like the wrestling observer subscribers oh you know like and I, like, I do forget that there are like the people who Twitter. earnestly i know there are people who like earnestly identify them i i do not get this at all as like aew fans or wwe fans yes. you know like, like yeah like so uh i i don't get it but i do get that they exist for sure right, right yeah um you know i thought king like when kingston goes what's a baby face i laughed i laughed hard at that because it's like yes that should be the proper response to using those terms in front of a crowd. Uh, please don't anymore. Just say, I knew fans would love you. You get to the same place. You get to the same place and you tell the story better, in my opinion. I, I just, I don't like that. Penta, <laughs> this transformation could have been done down the street in Stanford, Connecticut. Alex Abrahantes dressing, doing cosplay like Bill Sadler and Bill and Ted's bogus journey. I, I, I Hawkins, I will say just this, like the one thing I do like about the dark character is it's a very clear callback to his Vampiro match and the origins of the dark character. So like if if you remember the Lucha Underground match that he had with Vampiro, Abrahantes is dressed very similar, like you're in the same vein as the way Vampiro was dressed up. So like, I kind of like that. I will say. Okay. No, you're allowed to like what you like, and I've never seen that, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It was it was nice because it, it, it did it did bring me back. I, okay. I, 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 yeah. But but let's, I but but otherwise I hate this. This is like dog's balls for me. But I, I will let's talk about the more egregious crimes against wrestling nature done during this match. And that is this is a horse I beat often, but I'm gonna beat it again because it's still out there. Jim Ross almost single handedly tanking this entire thing just not being not being committed to the character he's supposed to play on aew television and just even when he tries to emote it, like what the hell was that it's it's bad tony and excalibur are into it when the lights go out and don't come in on the lights going now no, no, what now uh you know Ross is making asides during the during the beatdown. Like I don't like about the management uh, uh, capabilities by Alistair Black of the House of Black. You know, just call it like it's it's actually happening in the ring, as opposed to you are aware of everything in professional wrestling and are commenting on the 
aspects and like you have the pencil in some way. I, 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 I can't expl- uh, express this more in that I, I just went, he almost totally blew Buddy, Buddy Matthews' debut with his little snide remarks about the House of Black and the nature of this whole thing and the mysticism and the lights going out. Look, this is the story they have chosen to told. So now you have to be in this world where this black magic exists. It's not just Hollywood special effects. It actually exists now. So dive in and swim, Jim. He just, like for a guy who's like business is literally to call fake stuff, a fake television show. The man has so much disdain for when the fiction offends his sensibilities. And as the weeks wear on, it really loses its charm. And, and I'm with you. Like, Jeff, I hate this segment. I hate it. But if your job is to be the play-by-play announcer and you are doing the stuff that Ross does, on the microphone, you are cutting the legs out yes. from Penta, Abrahantes, Alistair Black, Buddy Matthews, uh, Brody King. All these people are getting their legs cut out from underneath them by Jim Ross, a guy who very realistically is not going to be with the company in three years. This is a guy who would go ape over the crap that The Undertaker would do. And it's just, it's one of those things where, look, yeah, exactly. If you don't like it, that's fine. But you can't let us know that you don't like it. It's not my cup of tea. I think it's, it's, it's giving in too much to the, to the creative instincts of, of Malachi Black, I keep calling him Alistair, or no, I keep getting Malachi and Alistair mixed up, but Black, if you want, the House of Black, the whole story, it's not my thing, but this is what they've chosen to do, and if we're going to have this realistically, we're going to have this realistically, but, you know, the wrestling itself, I mean, it was a fun match to watch, you know, (laughs) until we got into the, you know, he swallowed his own mist type of thing, and then you're like, okay, great, here we go, but you know, lights going out. We've been we've been we've been spoiled somewhat, but we've also been trained from ECW shows from the mid nineties on that when the lights go out, we're getting a debut of some kind or something's gonna happen. Okay, so so don't <laughs> now what? You know, you can't do that. You know, you have to you have to look at it with childlike wonder. And when they go out again. You know, be scared of what might come next. That's all you have to do. Like, you know, a little bit of shock when you see Buddy Matthews on your screen for the first time. I mean, I did love Tony trying to look at the size of this guy. I'm like, dude, he was a cruiserweight in WWE. Yeah, the size of this guy. I'm like, like the definite. I, I, and I'm guessing what Tony was trying to say was the definition. Because yes. Buddy, Buddy, he Buddy's is a jacked dude, man. Yeah, he's uh, man, and like. When he first came back after the body transformation, I mean, my God, dude, that guy was so shredded circa like 2015, 2016, just like it was nuts. Um, So I get I get what Tony was trying to do. But yeah, no, uh, swinging a miss on the oh, look at his size. No, nah, not his size. Uh, look at his definition. But yeah, I, I this this stunk. I, I mean, part of the problem for me with this, too, is there are just too many things going on in this match. Yeah, like, like, you know, oh, he ate the mist. Oh, here's Buddy Matthews. Oh, Buddy Matthews is actually swerving. Like, like I, I don't know. I, I just thought there do, was a... do one match where we do the Penta transformation and then do another match where we get the Buddy Matthews debut. 
Yeah, right. I, yeah, no, the Penta transformation really needed to be its own thing. Yes. Um, I, I think, you know, looking back on it, I think my, my biggest problem with this is this match should have been Penta, Penta Dark shows up and it sends Aleister Black and Brody King to regroup because yes. Penta Dark can actually kick their ass. Um, and this makes this makes Black and, and King think about things and try to figure out what are they going to do, and then they show back up with Buddy Matthews. But instead, we sort of roostered our way through like four different stories. This is your turn on the Lazy River, sir. Man, um, on the Lazy River. That's right. I gotta. I have all of my notes up on my phone here today. Um, okay. So, um, okay. What else happened this week? Oh, I, let's let's go to the land of of NXT because that's what I got. That's what I got open here right oh, now. Oh, I've been looking forward to this, Chris. Oh, have you? Oh, I want to hear your thoughts on certain segments on NXT. Um, like okay, uh, are we talking about like it, you gotta be talking about Dante Chen and Duke <laughs> One of them has to be Chen and Hudson. Yeah, yeah, no, like it's not, but go ahead. I, I mean. The, yet, like we were talking earlier about like WWE just not being any good at making world superstars. Um, where's Chen from again? I believe Chen is from uh, Hong Kong, but don't quote me it, on that. No, I thought he was like from like Manila or the Philippines. Or something oh, like you that. might be right. You're right. I think. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Or Thailand, maybe. Um, yeah. Um, I'll look it up. Go yeah. ahead. Anyways, the, like Singapore. The, Singapore. I yeah. I, I knew. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I, I knew it was. It was not. Yeah, not China. Um, okay. Yeah, but like, this is a guy who absolutely should have beat Duke Hudson. There's, you're not doing anything with Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson's like a dead franchise at this point. He's tall. He is tall. <laughs> yeah, but like they've re- this guy's been like four different guys at this he's point. He's a tall poker player. <laughs> is he even a poker player still? I don't even know. I think he's lost I, his interest. Yeah, I thought I thought he lost the poker player thing. Yeah, like like they they completely. I mean. They're just not doing anything with this guy. So, I, I mean, I, I thought that that was a, a perplexing, a perplexing little match here. Um, What else here? Oh, um, Chris. Yes. The internet exploded. Oh, Nikita Lyons versus yes. Kayla Inlay. Oh, my God. Uh, Nikita Lyons is horrible. Um, <laughs> like, but, but, but what I want now more than anything, especially after watching this Jade Cargill match, is I need Nikita Lyons and Jade Cargill to just like – Womp each other mercilessly. Uh, I want slop shop kicks all over the place. Um, l- like, God love Kayla Inlay. Uh, she was really doing her best to try to make Nikita Lyons look like anything. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think uh, Inlay was also completely baffled as to how to take the bizarre spinning, uh, what do you call it, kick. Uh, that uh, she is wrestling gumbo. This one, I watched this and I go, they don't know which lane to put her in because uh, by the way, found out she used to be a singer in North Hollywood around here. So it was one of those things where I'm just like, huh, okay. Maybe I was in a club and saw her one night. Um, <laughs> they have her doing the badass thing. They have her doing the, yeah, they have her thing. like Sonya blade. Like they have her dressed up like Sonya blade. They have her doing the hot thing. They have her doing the, 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 uh, I need to couch this in acceptable terms. The big woman thing. Cause she did the thing where she slapped her butt to get the reach around off of there to get to the kick in the first place. And they have her now doing the athletic big person thing where she does the kip up. 
and she's doing the kick. They don't know which lane to put her in right now. So they put her in all the lanes at once. And it is fast. Yeah, she is late of uh, Women of Wrestling, which is the uh, promotion that Tessa Blanchard's now basically running on season two. She was the one pickup. She did the uh, Vegas tryouts that, that were hyped up, and she was the one thing that they brought from those. Um, and then the sex appeal thing, they, 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 they are, they are going all in on everything with this Nikita Lyons woman. I, I, I mean, look, I, I, I get, this is the one thing that WWE, I think is somewhat instinctually right on is that when someone has a very distinct appearance, it's hard, like you can't coach size, right? Like, you, you can't make Adam Cole or Drake Maverick bigger guys than they are. Or Monsoor bigger guys than they are. Um, Nikita Lyons, I think their strategy here is just going to be, well, she's huge. Maybe we can figure out something to do with her. Um, and by huge, I mean she's just like she's a big stature. You know? She's not like wild. She's what the kids call thick. Yeah, she, she's definitely thick. And, like, and she's playing into that. <laughs> no, she's playing into that, too. But, like, I mean, like, she's also just tall. I mean, she's like, you know, she's like big boned and not in that derisive way. I mean, like, like she's really just got like a wide frame and stuff. You know what? It's going to be interesting to me because I know that Tiffany, um, what's Tiffany's last name? Stratton. Tiffany Stratton is right up their alley, too. And it's going to be interesting to see if there's a little bit of a push me, pull you type thing between how they how they push Nikita Lyons in, in the shadow of uh tiffany stratton quite a bit i i'm, I'm... Uh, those two no those two are both like super rough though uh stratton's not i mean stratton's marginally better than no Lyons. no i mean and she she has far less training i mean she is fresh off the fitness model circuit um doing what she is doing right now slash uh, i believe she was also she was in the olympic she was in the junior olympic gymnast program at one time so i mean she does have natural athletic talent they're just trying to find a way to do it uh, make them a tag team uh, <laughs> one thing i did like on this nxt i loved the uh dolph ziggler tomaso champa match oh did you um i guess i i think i'm just checked the out booking on side the booking aside yes and yes and this is this is everything we see dolph ziggler being week after week but now that we talk about things like cesaro and stuff like that this is straight where Dolph Ziggler is right now is he is in Cesaro land, not doing anything with him. That's a guy that you could have put with a manager or a spokespiece or in a stable at any given time during his run. And you didn't because he, he can talk, but he needs help with the talking. He needs somebody to play off of. I think in my opinion, I like the team with him and rude in some ways, but they're never going to get a chance to show you what they can do and get really over with, with a promo or something like that it's nice that he can go down to NXT and, and help out there. And it looked like he was having a little bit of fun doing it at the same time, which is what I picked up on during the match. I don't, I, I agree. You're going to, you're not going to see, you're not going to see like G one Dolph Ziggler in any way. You know, you're not going to get the four and a half, five star classic out of Dolph Ziggler in NXT, but if you're going to keep him around. Let's have him have some fun. And, uh, and I, I just, I thought that was fun. And after the match, it looked like uh, Tommaso cut a goodbye promo to the uh, to the PC audience down there. So he might be on his way up. God help him. Yeah, uh, 
I mean, he will not be doing a ton on that main roster when he, he gets is, up there. He is smaller than you think uh, when you put him in a WWE ring against guys on the main roster. We saw that when he came up the last time with Gargano. And I was surprised by that. I was surprised at how small he was because he's he's not a small, small, tiny guy. But compared to some of the guys that got on that roster who are six two, six three, he is. Yeah, I, I you know, and and Vince right now when it, I mean, and you talking about Tiffany Stratton and Nikita Lyons, you go up to their main roster, you got Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, and Roman Reigns. Like Vince is very much size obsessed right now. Um, this is. This is not a company where you being a good promo is anything they're even remotely interested in because they want you to deliver the lines. Like, they don't actually want you to think creatively about doing a promo. Um, so, look, uh, Ciampa needs to take that money. That main roster money is good um, if there's a money differential difference. But um, for him, I, I, I know normally there is for NXT, but I, he's been there for so long. I'm sure he's got some sort of contract where he's getting paid whatever he's getting paid regardless. Um I don't know. I, I I just I don't like his chances up there on the main roster. I really don't. I have no other other thoughts on NXT. If you have something else, uh, n- uh, n- I I thought the interaction between uh Paxley uh Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile at the end of the match was bizarre. Uh, where like Ivy Nile was gonna lose it on Tatum Paxley, but like then didn't. And like I don't know, the whole thing was weird. Um. Uh, Vaughn Wagner with Robert Stone is probably and no, honestly, probably a good thing because yeah. Von Wag- Von Wagner's not good. Um, so I, I'm I'm willing to say that that that's probably a good thing. Don't care about the Dakota Kai crazy character. Don't think it's particularly interesting. Um, I'm kind of here for that first match with her and Chu as a team, though. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I think that's gonna be fun. That's gonna um, be f- stupid and fun. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be fun because yeah, they're they're gonna be. I mean, and they're gonna probably go deep because uh, like th- this is a comedy sort of angle. So they'll, well, they'll, I mean, they're, they're not, not gonna that, win. They're not that many teams, but I think they're gonna get that first win on a fluke. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that'll be fun. I think. Yeah, that'll make yeah. me laugh. Um. Yeah. That's right. There aren't that many teams because they didn't really think about this too hard this year. Um. No, I, I don't have anything else on NXT. Okay, then I will go for my last thing on the Lazy River, Chris. And uh, you are not aware of this because I don't believe you were following the events of, of last night's wrestling. But, Chris, coming up this week, Vince McMahon appearing on the Pat McAfee show on Thursday. Now, when this was first announced, I thought, oh, Pat's going to interview Vince. No, no, Chris. Appears it's going to be an angle of some kind. Now, that means that Pat McAfee will be doing a match probably at WrestleMania. You would think it would probably be a way to get Austin Theory into a one-on-one match at WrestleMania, but no, there is some talk, Chris. There is some talk that the match at WrestleMania might be Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon. Your thoughts. I I hope Pat McAfee annihilates that old man. <laughs> I, I I hope that I I want shoot. Vince to do- Chris wants to shoot brother. <laughs> I want that old man to take the match. I want him. I want him to blow out his quads, and I want McAfee to be coming off the top rope doing a moonsault, completely unaware that Vince is on the ground with blown out quads. <laughs> I have no mercy. I I I I think very little of Vince McMahon at this stage of the game. Um. He, I mean, I, I view him as as a small, low level tormentor in my life. 
um, by making me watch crappy wrestling product instead of just retiring. Uh, <laughs> so, like, like no, I, I, I mean, my thoughts are I hope Vince gets hurt. <laughs> wow, that went dark quickly. Okay, um, yeah, I would be far more interested in a real interview with Vince between McAfee because I actually I listen I put McAfee's show on in the background when I'm working sometimes. And they are a little loosey goosey and they are not afraid to sometimes ask the uncomfortable question, which I always enjoy, but no. Man, and, I, and I think McAfee would really enjoy like McAfee wouldn't be able to resist asking Vince like awkward and tough questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this not might, like a ton of them in a row, but like, no, but just one. Yeah. Just one. To, and to get that uncomfortable. Oh, oh, wow. Here we go. But no, my fear is it will be, it will be an angle and it will not be a particularly good angle. And that's always a problem on these shows. Like, look, when Adam Cole went on and did his thing with, with McAfee, you know, it was contrived, but it was interesting in some ways because Cole's anger is so over the top with McAfee. That was kind of fun to watch this one. I just, I just don't see them hitting the notes there, Chris. No, I, I mean, I, I, you know, Vince is not going to be willing to show any degree of ass to like really sort of make this feud go. So like, I mean, to your point, what is going to be the premise of this feud? It's going to just be like Vince says a thing and like McAfee's like, I don't know, we should have a match. Like, I, I, I don't McAfee's or, not or, get or McAfee sells McAfee sells for a 75 year old, old 75 year old Vince, a punch or something. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have, I have my fears and my doubts, and uh, I will, I will not be watching live that time. I think I'll be listening to other podcasts while I work, and then you guys can tell me how it went, and then I will watch the, uh, I will watch the Twitter clips abound. But uh, that is all I have for this week's Lazy River, Chris. Unless you have something else. Um, well, we already we talked briefly about Jade Cargill. I, I just think it bears repeating. Uh, this, this the the match with the bunny was uh was rough I mean, she, I, I i'm going def- to defend part of it though okay. i really i, I love the, the fact of the heel versus heel uh match that both of them tried to cheat simultaneously and got thwarted i thought the brass knuckles to the belt thing uh, that was a smart little move there yeah that was fine i had no problem with that beat but like i mean the rest of the match like jade cargill's just not ready for prime time you are angering certain facets of the slack i don't care i don't (laughs) care because y'all are wrong she's not good i get it you like her she's got a good look that's fine she is not championship material just having a look is not championship material and if you think it is then you should be making a chorus to belt nikita lions because she's got a look belt tiffany stratton because she's got a look jade cargill is a look but she can't actually go in the ring and it's annoying and and stupid that this person is a major belt holder in this company when she really needs to be getting seasoned by matches on dark so go ahead be mad at me no not not you but other people whatever nerds no but i think i called this a few weeks ago that i'd be fascinated by ty conti and jade cargill and we're getting it on a pay-per-view oh my god i i'm frightened for somebody and i'm not sure who I mean, I think it feels like there's a legitimate chance that they're ending the Jade Cargill experiment with this. Uh, it the, might. The, yeah, the, I think we might be putting the belt on tie here. Oh, 
see, it's weird because this is one of those things where I'm watching this and it feels like, but I was wrong the last time. It feels like that the Ty Conti feud is a, is a transitional one to get Diana J and belt Anna against her. I love her fire, but her promos just, just, they, they don't, they, they connect about 30 seconds after she finishes them. Um, yeah, yeah, no, right, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah, love to see a match. Look, let, let's put it this way. This is what I'd love to see because she is a legit Jidoku. I'd love to see her throw Jade around for about three minutes and pin her and just, and just book, book David versus Goliath with David being a badass against, against a cocky giant pin up one, two, three, and tie gets over huge in the front of that audience. But instead, I think we're going to be trying some things, Chris. I think there's going to be some experimentation going on. Oh God. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I, I can't, I would, I can't wait to see Jade try to sell any of this stuff. Um, oh, that too, dude. dude her too. selling in this bunny match was like some of the worst that she's done yet. Like she's so not interested in registering any pain, taking a bump, falling remotely awkward. I mean, like she just doesn't care about the stuff that matters. Well, she forgot to kick out at one point too. Oh because, yeah, that's uh... right. That's right. <laughs> she. So yeah, no, no. Tell me more, people, about how she's definitely someone who should have the belt. We got so hung up on the, the knuckles and belt spot. That was the only good spot. She blew a count. She blew a count. Oh, my. And between that and uh, my favorite person in the match, Aubrey Edwards, who's doing, you know, he's she's doing the the death stare at, 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 during, the, during the match. She, she has to get her, uh, get the uh, Enrico Palazzo throwing the two heel managers out spot where she you know she winds up and she look i am totally forgiving of certain referee quirks because god knows i loved tommy young back in the day and i understood the jumping over the people was a little bit of a show-off type of thing to slide in position but it never took me out of the match as much as watching aubrey throw out both mark sterling and jeff hardy during this match i i mean like that Aubrey has her moments. And, and I, then I start yeah. watching when, when somebody hits a move or something and she's playing to the back of the room and I can't unwatch it and watch the match again, but no, know. no, I, you, I have to stop paying attention to her when yes. I'm watching matches yeah. that she's officiating because she doesn't know how to do just normal referee. She has to play Aubrey Edwards head referee. Yeah. Well, she's playing to the back of the room. I think that's yeah. the issue here where she doesn't always have to do that necessarily. It would be good in small doses. Yeah. And in certain, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, especially since she's really sort of the face of the officiating team for AEW anyways, and she's got her fan base have a couple of moments in the show, every show where Aubrey has a thing, but the rest of the time she needs to just be like a normal yeah, referee. I agree. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the lazy river. Uh, this has been shake them ropes sponsored this week by hello fresh. Go to Val 16. <laughs> HelloFresh.com. HelloFresh slash Val 16. Slash Val 16. Enter code Val 16 for your uh for your up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. You can follow the show at Shake Them Rumps. You can follow me at Crap Game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. I was on Music of the Mat again this week. Talking about three songs with historical significance to my fandom. I picked uh I picked Frank Stallone, Far From Over. 
Thunderkiss 65 by White Zombie and uh, Missile by Dorothy. So you can hear me talk about those and about my fandom there with one Andrew Rich, friend of the show. Love that kid. Um, and Chris is also out there doing things in the political wasteland of, of commentary. Uh, he does a show called Don't Worry About the Government. He's going to tell you about it now. Scorched Earth, baby. Go to Don't Worry About the Government on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash DWATG. Oh my God, I almost forgot my own hyperlink. <laughs> Dude, I do uh, don't, don't worry about the government is the name of the show. I just did an episode on Ukraine, talked uh, about like a little under two hours on like the Ukraine situation. Um, where where American foreign policy needs to go, blind spots in foreign policy. Um, so if you if you guys are interested in that topic, uh, go and check it out over at patreon.com slash DWATG. It will be hitting podcast feeds here in the next day or two when I finish editing it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, at DWATG is where I am on Twitter. Next week, you say you want a revolution. Well, you know. 